And we've learned our heart disease is killing firefighters. It's the number one leading cause of firefighter death. We're getting better at that. We're doing physicals and health and wellness programs and all that other stuff. So if we beat the snot out of our equipment all the time, and we know we need to maintain it, and physically we're not doing well, so we, all right, we're doing stretches and exercises. We're eating better. It, the mental component's just kind of the one lagging behind. And make that a mainstay, ask questions. It's a lot better to ask questions early on and, and kind of be concerned about things rather than to regret not asking those questions and not having that opportunity. Excellence is a rarity, but you are not alone. Talk and shop with Outlier Firefighters. Episode three, Outlier Firefighters podcast. I am Alex Tanner. I'm here live with Mike Wolchez. Uh, and uh, we're going to be talking about all sorts of stuff. So uh, most of it, well, maybe not most of it, but I'm going to run through my questions that I'm doing, at least for my longevity thing. And then Mike's got a wealth of knowledge, so Mike's got plenty to talk about outside of what I'm going to yap about. I'm mostly going to shut up this time. So uh, 26 years in. Uh, total, yes, sir. I mean, he's been, Mike, you've been everywhere from what, you know, you've been describing before, right? I mean, uh, go Started ahead. in Elk Grove Township. Yeah. Started in Oak Grove Township uh, the day after I turned 18. And uh, there you go, mechanical difficulties with our ambulance. Oh. Um, that's good. Boys will figure it out. I got faith in them. Uh, yeah, so Oak Grove Township, uh, Antioch, Round Lake, uh, Lincolnshire, Waukegan, um, Medical Officer at Six Flags Great America, ATAC. Taught for the uh, Northwest Lake County Fire Training Cooperative thing for a couple of years there. Yeah, right. Um, and then, of course, EMT and paramedic through Vista. Taught for them for a couple of years. So, yeah, that's right. I'd like to. I'd like to think I've got some pretty well-rounded experience. Oh yeah, for sure. And uh, village trustee, you got to throw that one in there too. You got and the other side. and of course. So yeah, uh, I was the village trustee from 2007 to 11. Uh, for the village of Antioch, which was probably one of the biggest uh, character builders I've ever experienced. And walking into a situation and thinking you're going to have all these great intentions and you're going to work together and things are going to go well was the exact opposite. And everything <laughs> fell apart and the economy and bankruptcies. And I learned more about water and sewer, economic development, um, bankruptcy proceedings. <laughs> Lake Michigan water allocation, you name it, oh, man. It's, man. It, was, it was amazing. Um, wouldn't trade it for the world, though. Great yeah. experience. Absolutely. Great experience. Uh, you're currently, what what uh, position are you in Waukegan? Uh, I'm a lieutenant in Waukegan, and I uh, got promoted in 2019. And so it's it's been entertaining. So 16 years or so as a blue shirt, and our situation and our department's pretty uh, unusual. So you need seven years to just to test. Uh, for lieutenant and then seniority at the time was weighted at 17 percent so in our department it's really unusual to see people get promoted before 14 15 years yeah and uh so to test for captain you need five years time and grade uh as a lieutenant so from the january 1st to the date of the test so uh we i i, I thought i would promote quicker right but it, it was just the system and and uh, I'm grateful for it. I really am. Uh, spending a lot of time just kind of doing the work and learning the craft, you know, so you're not concerned just in a couple of years going, okay, I'm going to move up. It's like, 
no, man, keep doing. And then working with guys that have been doing it for a whole bunch of years. And uh, so, yeah, that's that's Waukegan. I'm doing uh, apparatus now. That's kind of my area of specialty, apparatus uh, specifications and procurement. And as some of you know, the uh, challenges with the supply chain. So we ordered uh, engines and they're delayed two years. They're two years out now. We bought them last year. And I, I don't hold the any manufacturers at fault or anything. I mean, that's that's a global uh, issue with everything going on right now. So it doesn't matter the manufacturer. It doesn't matter really anything. Even if you have money, it's like, cool, we'll see in 40 months. Yeah, right. <laughs> you got to so, wait you know, way. <laughs> Right, right. So, yeah, we're working through that. We got two ambulances on order, two engines on order. Um, hopefully another ambulance here, a couple other odds and ends. And, uh, yeah, so that's been... It's been keeping me busy as well. I want to put a pin in that because uh, that was something yep. that I thought uh, when I was when <laughs> I left Antioch. That was one. Of, I was the chairperson of that committee, and uh, I was really into it. I really enjoyed it. And I, I still nerd out with it, but uh, I, sure. I found training was more where I was going to head with things, and that's okay. you know whatever. But I do want to actually talk because so few people uh, really actually understand or are ever really even taught apparatus design and built and sure. and buying. So. Uh, I'll put a pin in that. We'll maybe talk about that in a little bit. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's let's get rolling then. So, All right, buddy. Uh, what initially interested you in the fire service, and what made you decide to pursue it a, uh, pursue it as a career? So, full disclosure here. I originally wanted to be a cop. Whoa. <laughs> I uh, yeah, man. I thought I was going to go into law enforcement, to be honest, and uh, that goes back for you know, years and years and years. Um, so in my junior year of high school, I did an internship with the Oak Grove Village Police Department through a, a high school program. And it was an, a tremendous program. I even looking back at it now, the things that they allowed us to do was amazing. Um, it, of course, required parental, you know, all kinds of signatures. I don't even know if we could do some of that stuff today. But I mean, we went on a bunch of ride-alongs. Um, they brought us in every, whatever it was, Tuesday night or something like that. And there would be a topic. There'd be an officer, you know, would talk about either investigations. It would talk about all the operations within the police department. We probably did um, maybe a dozen ride-alongs. It was a very active thing. Uh, we learned a ton about it. And one thing I learned and experienced was like, there's a lot of people that aren't happy to see you. Now we're going back to 1996. And it was kind of enlightening a little bit. But the cool part about it was we'd go on medical calls. We'd go on fire alarms. We'd go on car accidents. And I was like, well, God, those guys actually look like they're having a lot more fun, a lot more camaraderie, and the rigs are a little cooler. Um, so the, my senior year, I did an internship with the Oak Grove Village Police or with the uh, fire department. And then I rode at uh, Station 8 when it was on Landmeyer Road, assigned to Lieutenant Guglielmo, who was a hazmat guy. And if anybody, obviously, some people know, Grove Village has a huge industrial park. And so that was one of their areas of uh, expertise. And so uh, I still remember, like, a guy named Roger Ferguson, Mark Blackaller, who actually I just found out passed away recently about a year or two ago, right after retirement, just a couple of years, man. It kind of horrible to hear, but super nice guy. Um, and those guys kind of really set the stage for me. Um, Matt Reedy was another one. He was a younger guy. And I, I know Roger Ferguson retired. Obviously, I, I mentioned about Mark. Um, I don't know about Matt or uh, Reedy. No idea. But anyway, I, like 20 some years ago, right? So you're yeah. talking maybe 28 years. I still remember their names. 
And I, they just, they took the time out and they're like, oh, okay, well. And I remember the first time I breathed out of an SCBA mask, it was Mark Blackaller. And he's like, well, let me show you this and whatnot. And he's like, you're not sick, are you? And I'm like, no, 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 I'm good. Okay, cool. So this is how it works. And I'm like, oh, all right. I remember that 27 years later, 28 years later. Yeah, that's uh, amazing. Yeah, you know, and it it made an impression on me of like, take the time. You know, I, I feel you, that, yeah. That um, you take for granted. And especially as time goes on in that, but really take the time. And, you know, that was probably my first um, experience just learning to pass it down. You know, these guys took time out of their day to kind of teach me. I mean, I was a ride along. I was a senior in high school and I was like, oh, okay, all right, whatever. And, uh, but, but that, that moment in the time made an impact. For sure. So now, you know, oh, now you get your firefighter too. And now you have newer people coming in and it's like, oh, wow. Hey, wait, it's my turn. And so those things catch on quicker. And so for the guys out there, man, I like those moments are very memorable. They, they, they're very memorable to the new people coming in. So and I think that's really changed my view a lot on like working with probationary firefighters and that to kind of create an environment that's welcoming. Yeah, man, we used to be the lion's den and people would be terrified of us. So that's that's not what you want in the situation. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I um, we I can't remember who I saw. I was talking to somebody at work, and and it, we were talking about like mental wise, like people that <laughs> uh, fix the siren. <laughs> yeah, pe- uh, <laughs> people that made this huge impact that maybe they don't even know that they made a huge right. impact on you, right? Uh, right? Similar story. I was a teenager, and uh, my dad was in Highland Park, and and they, he put me with some guys that were just. Rock stars. And yeah. to this day still are. I've talked to a couple HP guys that are my age. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's still into it and all those things. I mean, awesome. I remember they, they go, hey, kid, there, we, we lit a fire in there. Go see how close you can crawl to it without a mask on. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. And then, okay. you know, come out and crying and coughing. And then right, they go, all right, right. that's why we're a mask, kid. I was yeah, like, right. okay. don't do that again. <laughs> you just told me to do that. Yeah, what? And, like, you'll just remember, like, those moments yeah, forever. I, I for sure. Yeah, I I, I love it. Uh, cool. Uh, so so with that, did those guys? My next question in here was, uh, how did yeah. you learn about culture and like the ethos that we live, you know, by and, and kind of like our, our code of honor, if you will. So you know, I would say it's different everywhere, and that's I think what's um, unusual about the fire service is just how different it is. Right. So I'm in Waukegan and, and we've got our, our culture, we've got our values, you know, we've got our, our traditions. We go right next door to Gurney. Totally different. So different. Right. So um, I think being in so many different places when I was like I said, when I right right after I turned 18, uh, Gary Jensen, who was the chief of Elk Grove Township at the time, uh, you know, he gave me a chance this, again, 18 year old kid, like, yeah, I think I'm going to do this. And he's okay. You know, there was an interview process and all that, of course. Uh, but he gave me that chance. And, um, so from there, I mean, from 18 to 21, I, I couldn't test anywhere. Wasn't old enough. So I got a chance to work, you know, taking every opportunity, working part-time working Metro and everything else. So I, I was fortunate enough to see so many different cultures with, with the different organizations, with Round Lake and Antioch and, and different status. When I walked into Antioch, uh, when I moved up into Lake County, and I was like, yeah, but how many people do you have on duty? They're like, what? Do, um, no, we don't. We don't. We don't have any. There's nobody here. I'm like, yeah, but who goes on calls? And they're like, oh, they come in from home. And I'm like, like so there's nobody in the building. 
new culture to me, man. So yeah. that was a whole different experience. And um, I think it's important to just take it back, right? Don't question it and go, oh, that's not right. Yeah, It's just different. And I think what we're losing, um, not just in the fire service, but as a society is we, we don't seek to understand anymore, right? Yeah. So we, we see all these things about social media and they're programmed to just go, well, if you like this, we're going to do this. And that's what the alg- algorithm set up for. Um, so we really don't get the other side. We have to actively seek out that other side. So if somebody says, I like oranges and I like apples, I, well, why do you like oranges? We don't do that anymore. It's like, oh, he doesn't like oranges. Well, forget him. So um, with all the different personalities and cultures in the fire service right now, just from the membership, not even the organization, we, I, the amount of people, uh, you know, we, we've, we're up to 123 personnel right now. It's the most we've ever had here in the city of Waukegan. Uh, sworn firefighters, and which is awesome. Um, so many different cultures, so many different backgrounds, so many different experiences, so many different skill sets. So why would you shut that out? Why do you think that you're better? Right? So if some guy goes, yeah, man, I grew up in Lithuania. Literally, we have a guy that grew up over there. And I'm like, wow, well, how'd you end up here? Oh, I came up here when I was a totally awesome. Just, just again, learning about culture and learning about things like that. Uh, we have another guy. He grew up very, actually, we had a couple, uh, just growing up extremely poor and in the projects. And he gives, he told me a story where he thought it was normal to just go and, and pick up your, your check. That That's just what they knew. And, and, you know, and the drugs and the alcohol, and that was a normal um, lifestyle for him as he was growing up when he was seven, eight, nine years old and all that. Now an outstanding firefighters. Yeah. Most, one of the most articulate, well-spoken gentlemen I know. So Again, just learning about the people in your culture uh, or in your organization, learning about their culture and being all the different places I've been and talking to just everybody and just asking questions that I find interesting. The, the, the older I get, the more I learned how beneficial that was. Yeah. Do you think that uh, I don't know if you've uh, followed Scott Thompson at all and, and his whole uh, theories on culture, uh, and he's he's in the colony, Texas, and uh, he's he wrote a book okay. called Functional Fire Company, and they talk about or he talks about culture um, and a macro culture where basically that would be like what uh, Ray McCormick would say or what John mm-hmm. Sulka would like are more or less like our Mount Rushmore of firefighters. They've kind of established mm-hmm. like what we are supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, do you do you do you find that that still exists to a certain extent that or or do you think that that's kind of been lost uh, in terms of that like overall macro culture? I'm all about, by the way, departments yeah. having their own identity. I totally agree with you there. I I'm, and I've gotten to experience some of that myself too. Not quite to the extent that you have, but um, and, and that's healthy. I think that is healthy. Like it should be that for way. sure. But um, anyway, yeah, I, yeah. Um... I think it's just changed. I don't think we've lost. We never lose anything. I think we migrate. And I, I think when we when we uh, attach the term like lost, I think that's a biased or or it's kind of a, a predetermined negative statement. So it's it's just different. You know, we back in the day, they used to feed the horses. I don't do that anymore. You know, it's just things change. We've evolved. And with technology right now, with social media out there right now, 
Um, and then just it, it's a different generation in the fire station now. And I and I hear the stories about, uh, you know, back in the day, we used to solve all the problems at the kitchen table and, you know, but shift change, it's a ghost town. And I'll tell you right now, in my organization, that's not the case, not even close. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm fortunate, I, I'm very fortunate to be part of an organization like that. Uh, we've got a lot of things, a lot of guys pitch in for others when they need that. So I really, I just think the culture or the, the, the macro culture has changed. Um, but it's really what you make of it too. I still think like us as firefighters still believe in like valor and brotherhood and those other things. Right. And I think that that, and, and it's still foundationally there. Right. Right. That's what that macro culture if you will would be i think that educating people on what that is has been i think our struggle in the fire service is we just expect Correct. people to come in and get that when they don't like no we're unless they're taught, it's learned yeah right it, it's something that you'll be exposed to it's something that you may adapt to it's something that you may add to and, and um and it's like i said it's so different everywhere that there's certainly no one size fits all um, so to kind of, when we say tradition and culture, we really flash back and we think about back in the day, yeah. but we, we have culture today. We have tradition today and that tradition just looks different than what we used to do. And that's okay. And I think some of the older guys are really, uh, you know, they're, they have a hard time adjusting to that, but I'll tell you what, man, when some of these newer guys come in and I'm having IT problems, they're the first people I go to. And I'm like, hey, question for you. Oh, yeah, man, it's easy. Here, let me show you. Yeah. Phenomenal. Right. So now that guy feels value because I said, hey, are you aware of this stuff or, or whatever? And when they can solve your problems, that creates that that cultural feeling. Go, hey, man, I'm kind of part here. I can contribute. You're not telling them, that, oh, hey, shut up. Get in the corner. Don't ask questions, you know. It's, 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 it's a different world. And um, so as we migrate, as I say, you know, it'll change. It, it'll constantly change. You know, there's going to be guys sitting here 25 years down the road and they're going to be talking about whatever. Maybe like, oh, my God, can you believe they used to do that? And yeah. It's just what it is. It's changed and, and, it'll, and it'll continue. Awesome. So uh, then segueing, not really a good segue, but uh, – you already kind of mentioned some names, but who, who influenced <clears throat> you the most early in your career? So kind of back to that. Maybe you didn't get to ever tell them that, or maybe you have. I don't know. Right. Man, I don't, you know, there's so many. And like the first guys, right, that you had contact with and that, like those guys at Station 8 and, and Elk Grove Village, um, certainly like, man, this is awesome. They were nice. This was fun. This was neat. And never saw any fires there, of course. It was it was quiet, right? You know, was, you hear about stories, of course. Um, but, I, you know, I would say that there's people not just early on, but just like along the way. Uh, Chris Leanhart, you know, I actually, it was funny. I had to do a project for my undergrad and it was about like a leadership thing in that. And I was trying to think of somebody that like had a lot of diverse background, somebody that I could really accept. And it's one thing to be good on one street and one path, but to do that, in various aspects in different industries and different and i'm like man chris is the guy so i ended up telling him like hey man i was wondering if i could interview for it. certainly somebody that can adapt the way that he did and you know the executive director at red center um you know deputy chief in the village of antioch and he was great helping me out when i got elected because he grew up in that community so he was a great reference 
Uh, again, going back to history, right? So if we don't study the history and understand where we've been, how are we going to proceed forward without spinning our tires and just repeating and, and just wasting time and energy? Uh, we talk about efficiency nowadays, right? Do more with less and be cost effective and all that. Well, let's study with what we've done, what didn't work. And I, I think that's important to kind of um, sort of wrap your head around, right? So um, knowing those historical fake Chris in the village of Antioch, man, he's been around forever. Uh, great. So still lives there and yeah. uh, always part of the community of the park district. Whatnot. Chris had a great impact. And I remember walking in right when I started at Antioch. It was, he was, he was the PIO. He was the lieutenant. He was the outgoing guy. Hey, buddy, how you doing? Yeah, where are you from? Oh, my God, down there. Are you lost? You know? But again, it was that like, oh, this guy's kind of nice. All right, cool. He was part of getting me in, too. In. Yeah, I, I feel you. Yeah. He, he, I, absolutely. He was they started um, the Explorer program, and he got me in. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when I when I started in Round Lake, I think I was 19, or I was 20. I was 20 years of age and as a Metro employee. And... Uh, Eric Hare, uh, Jimmy DeVito, um, Charlie Mitchell, he just started at that point, I think. Um, I, I know there's others. And even Paul Maplethorpe, right? That that name, some people love him, some people don't some love people, him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, he was he was great to me. He was to the point. He was respectful. Um, Paul was Paul, man. He, you know, it, it's it's what it is. So I, I'd, I'd say he's all those guys, man. And I... There's so many to really name. I don't think I could name them all by any stretch. I mean, those are I, – I didn't realize how much our beginnings overlapped because I was in Realm Lake, too, for a year, and you just named off mm -hmm. names that I would have probably said the same things. I mean, DeVito's right. retired and now. Feel, Charlie's close. And I feel bad. I know there's more. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> so for me, it was it Andy Wells. Andy Wells yeah, was mine. Yeah. Oh, Andrew, man. right? Andy yeah. was just absolutely From the best. Antioch days. Uh -huh. Yeah, knew him. Um, Trevor Carvello. I, all those guys. It's cool to see, too, how everybody's kind of come up and, and ended up in different places all yeah. throughout the county. Um, and actually all through the state and nation and all that. I mean, there, there's there's people everywhere. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dad, your link didn't work for whatever you were bringing up, so... If you want to try to send that again, Mike and I will talk about it at the end. So, uh, so uh, what keeps you passionate uh, about hmm. the fire service? What keeps you locked into it? <laughs> Frustration. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Please enlighten me so, with that. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. That. What? Well, literally, that's the first word that I that I thought of. Um, you know. So we've been given a gift. Yeah, when, when we're providing service, man, we get to see people in their worst times. And I know that that's been said a lot. When you think about it, what kind of other opportunity do you have to change somebody's to truly make an impact? We can make an impression and, oh, well, that was a nice, but truly make an impact and be like, man, these these were the people that were there, you know, when, when we were in that car accident or we had that fire or anything else. Um, so to be good at that, right? You don't want you know, the sea crew showing up on your worst day. And so um, delivering really a, a, a quality product and learning from your mistakes and being the best that you can be, you know, given the situation, of course. Um, we've all been part of operations that haven't gone well. And I think that's what uh, kind of determines the character. And going back to culture, 
you know, if, if you have a call or something, things aren't going well, or you have equipment that you're missing equipment, right? Those black eyes of operational failures, like, man, the batteries were dead in this. We could do better. That's, that's not acceptable, right? Not only from a moral or ethical standpoint, but even legally, like yeah. this is, this is a, this should never happen. Um, so knowing the, the challenges that we've had in the fire service too. So go back 20 years. And if I, if you told me, Hey man, we're going to be wearing bulletproof vests. We're going to have Kevlar helmets. We're going to be talking about doing rapid task force stuff with law enforcement. Be like, that'll never happen. So I, I think it's one of those things where like the fire service is the jack of all trades and the master of none. We get dumped with, we get everything. Um, so of course the fire service, we always have that can do attitude. So it's like, yeah, all right, we'll do that too. All right. Hey guys, I need you to do EMS. Sounds good. What are the little band-aids in that? Now it's, you know, right. It's so, you know, how we've progressed and, and the amount of stuff that we can do nowadays to make that impact. I think that's what kind of keeps it, keeps it fresh and everything continues to change. It's not just, oh, okay, well, the EMS has gotten more complicated. Um, I'll, I'll tell you right now, I, when people are saying that fires are down, no, they're not. <laughs> no, they're not. I think we've had 23 structure fires this year here yeah. in our town. It's just, it's been an anomaly. Um, and I think with, we talk about how the furnishings have changed. So the fire behaviors change. We've talked about flow path. We've talked about um, that kind of thing, transitional attacks. It continues to, to just evolve. And I think that's where it's, where the passion comes in to kind of go, well, it's interesting. Is this true? Well, the science says this and this and this. And it's like, okay, I don't, have I seen that? Or did I just not recognize it when it happened? I think so um, from the old guys, let's say back three decades, you know, when we didn't have all the combustible furnishings made of petroleum products and plastics. Uh, obviously, you know, you've seen all those things where legacy furniture, it takes 20 minutes to flash and our current furnishings are three minutes, you know, 180 seconds and, and you have zero survivability with a flashover. Um, I think our next, it's, I would almost say it's, it's evolved into a slow motion explosion. And that's what we're battling right now. The houses are tighter than ever, the efficiency, and that's been going on for a while. What I think our next hurdle is going to be is this lithium ion battery crisis. And I call it a crisis because I just don't think we all have enough information yet. Um, and I'm not, I'm not even referring to the electric vehicle situation. Um, the FDNY has been battling this now for a couple of years with these e-bike scooter fires and, and yeah. the sizable fires that they've had in high rises and multifamily dwellings uh, with losses of life. And, and significant injuries. So I think um, while they're obviously, you know, you got a population of seven, eight million people, I think we're gonna begin experiencing that. We're gonna start seeing that. We have on a couple of occasions, uh, like with the news, people have picked up stuff on their cameras and that in their house. But I think that's gonna be our next challenge where all of a sudden, you know, you have this crazy fire and people trapped and that, cause again, we have batteries and everything. They're laptops and cell phones. And now we have all these scooters and all this other stuff. So I think that's going to be our next little fire challenge. So if the petroleum products and the synthetics weren't enough, now we have this chemical chain reaction that just spontaneously combusts. So that that's going to be another challenge. So, yeah, I think back to getting back to the passion, it's just the ever evolving uh, environment to try to truly provide the service.
Yeah. No, Keeps I, you going, man. I love it, right? You're always seeking right. knowledge. Yeah. And, and you what have a to. platform. I mean, being firefighters that we get, you're, you're right about opportunity to help people. I mean, absolutely. And then on the other end, right. I mean, we have more opportunity to experience things that nobody else gets to and learn about. Right. Because we right. have to fix First it. Hand. Mm-hmm. Right. Like if you would have told me I'd know a little bit about elevators and a little bit about, you know, lithium ion batteries and a little bit about, mm-hmm. I would have never thought about all that stuff when I was sitting in a basement learning about the fire triangle. Like right. it's crazy. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, by the way, Vandenberg says it all went downhill with those hybrid drivers. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. Hey, mine hasn't started on fire yet, buddy. <laughs> yeah. All right. Leave him alone. <laughs> That's right. He's not wrong. Oh, that's funny. I actually got that too. I thought, I think I remember. Uh, Whatever. Either way. Okay. No more big ends for that guy. uh, (laughs) Wait a minute. I owe him actually. (laughs) Uh, Was there ever a point within your career that you've lost (laughs) that passion? And then if you did, how'd you get it back? Absolutely, man. If if you are truly um, invested in whatever it is, I don't care if it's relationships. Um, well, actually, relationships is a broad term. I don't care if it's marriage, kids, um, fire department, fire service, whatever it may be. It's a love-hate relationship, and it will. It's it's gonna ebb and flow, man. I, I promise you that. Um, when I, you know, when I first started with Waukee, and it was the coolest thing ever. Right? We're busy. We're running these calls, and it's crazy, and it's like it's everything you wanted. And then it's exactly what you wanted, not sleeping at night, busy all the time, people not being thrilled with you. Uh, Sometimes our clientele is a little difficult to work with. And again, they're just, they're frustrated or they're having a bad moment or they're having a medical condition that they can't get treatment for because of how the system is. They take it out on you and uh, that gets tough, man. You know, there's there's situations um, where you think things could have been done better. And because we're passionate about what we do, that turns into frustration when we think differently because we have such dominant personalities. And so it becomes a love-hate relationship. And I think it's a natural cycle and uh, that's okay, right? So when we're talking about things like mental health and I think what, after all the things that I've heard, you know, regarding mental health, whether it be depression, anxiety, all of those things that we're now finally trying to get out there, right? And we're not there yet, but I think we're doing a much better job I was probably experiencing some of those things with either PTSD or depression or anxiety or, you know, and I I would call them, I'm frustrated. Well, I'm exhausted, right? So when I was working three jobs, um, I had a divorce back in 2013 and uh, it it was a lot, man. It was, my plate was way full. And I will say there was one gentleman um, that I was teaching for with at the time. And he pulled me aside. You know, we talk about somebody that's memorable. And he pulled me aside and he's just like, hey, Mike, man, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, why? fine. Why? What? It, it, oh, yeah, I'm fine. Of course I'm fine. You know, and he's just like, listen, man, you you look burnt out. You're not yourself. Like, what's going on? And he's, I'm like, man, I got, you know, I'm remodeling this house. I'm, I'm teaching here. I'm working here. We've been busy as can be, you know, at the at the fire. I just, I'm, I'm exhausted, man. So, it, and that was that was 10 years ago right now. Um, and he did that. So, again, talk about somebody memorable, just recognizing that. And that stands out to me today. So now hearing a little bit more about the mental health, I'm sure I was having issues. I probably should have 
um, got treatment for, or at least, you know, talk to somebody about, I didn't, um, I've since been remarried, you know, there's, uh, I have a son and a, and a stepdaughter and it's, it's changed again, perspective, right? And so, uh, yeah, that love hate relationship, it's natural. And I will say that you get frustrated with work, then you love work, then you get frustrated with it and then you love it. So if, if you're truly into it, if you didn't have those, those ups and downs, I don't think you're passionate like about the situation. Yeah. We only get frustrated because we care. Yeah. If we didn't care, eh, whatever. That is true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you, so hmm. to, to get it back, you just weathered the storm or you recognized it and you were able to kind of, kind of, you know, get back on the up curve again, or did you, so do I anything? weathered this, I weathered the storm. Um, and so my way to cope with like all of that stuff going on, like with the divorce and all that, um, and then, you know, you go from a double income, double income household to now by yourself. And now you've got, so it was, there was financial stresses. Um, and then there was, there was an emotional stress kind of going, man, where do I go from here? You know, I'm like, well, I'm 32, 33 years old. Holy shit. I didn't, I didn't anticipate me being in this position. Nobody does. Right. And so um, I started taking time for myself. My theory was if I buried myself in work, I wouldn't have to deal with it. And then on the, on the frugal side of things, I'm like, well, if I'm working, I'm not spending money, I'm making money. <laughs> so, um, so that was healthy in some aspects, but I think it went too far. And then when I got pulled aside by that guy, Everett, he said, man, you're what are you doing, man? You got to, you got to take care of yourself. You're not taking care of yourself right now. You know, that was kind of the reset button. And so, you know, at that point, cut back a little bit on hours and just started taking a look around as opposed to just going to the next thing and going to the next thing and going to the next thing. <clears throat> so I, I, yeah, I think that was kind of my, my treatment, if you will, just to kind of go, Hey man, slow down. Yeah. You're going to kill yourself at this rate. And for what? So yeah, that certainly helped. Um, and yeah, absolutely. I mean, if I was to do it all over again, knowing what I know now about mental health and stuff, I certainly would have would have sought treatment. I absolutely would have talked to somebody with the resources that we have in place now that we probably didn't back then. Yeah. Um, and you know, I even thinking about like, oh, well, would I would have been a tough guy? I'd be like, no, it's just uncharted territory. Right. We look at it as a weakness, you know, historically or traditionally, we've looked at it as a weakness yeah, where we it's like well, it's yeah. not a weakness, man. You just don't know. And so what do we do today when we don't know? Oh, we're going to the Google machine or we're looking something up or we're trying to find an answer, not just ignore. Yeah. So just do that. Just apply it to mental health. Uh, I'm going to plug and I don't know if I can. Yeah. Let me uh, get it in here. So there's an organization out there called Next Rung. Uh, and okay. what they do is it's it's basically firefighter counseling by firefighters and yeah. um it's all free i put i threw the link up in the chat uh but okay. it's, it's a peer support network that's not yeah. you know part of like your eaps or you know anything like that it's anonymous it's over the phone uh they do uh, a bunch of different fundraisers and i think stuff like that but uh yeah. awesome website for if you are listening to this or you're watching whatever uh next rungs the website if you're listening if you're watching uh live the link is in the uh in our chat right now but uh it, i haven't used them personally but i've heard great things about them so good um yeah right. i can tell you when i had kids it changed for me 
And yeah. I'm good now, but I needed like a you know the band aid to get ripped off more or less, right? Yeah. Like I needed my first pediatric call. I needed it to yeah. you know I needed right. those things in order to right. okay, I'm I'm good. I can handle it. And mm-hmm. uh, that was my first run in because uh, really for in terms of and we're getting off on a tangent, but that's fine. I, I mental health something to talk about for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, right. I used to get really feel guilty that I wasn't messed up when I should have mm-hmm. been messed up. And that was my biggest hurdle uh, was feeling guilt from that. And I, I've come a long way since then and I, I much better, but there's still miles to go for everyone in terms of mental health uh, and, and talking oh, yeah. about things. And, and I think that's really changed a whole mm-hmm. lot in the fire service. I mean, for next rung exists like that wouldn't have existed yeah. 10 years ago, probably even five for years sure. ago. So for sure. I, I think um, now that it's becoming a little bit more, I don't want to say acceptable because then it would, that it wasn't acceptable before, yeah. but almost commonplace, you know? And uh, so case in point, when you walk in every day, you're on shift, right? You come in, you're a hundred percent. No, you're not. No. You're human. Yeah. You don't do anything. Per- you're going to do perfectly every time. No. And that's kind of the thing, like a company officer walking in and you can tell I had it happen yesterday. I <laughs> one of my guys, I'm like, Hey man, you're a little sluggish today. Are you, are you good, man? What's going on? He's like, oh, I was just, ah, man, you know, my wife and I, we just, we just had a nice night last night. And I'm like, ah, gotcha, man. All right. So, but yeah, it was out of norm, but you know, he's, I'm like, okay, so that's why you're tired. You're not stressed out. You're not trying to figure out, you're not fighting with the kids and, you know, so to kind of be aware. And, and I, I know there's days where I wasn't coming in a hundred percent and it's, it's just human nature, not, it's not going to happen all the time. Yeah. So recognize that, be conscious of, it, and work with the team, man. You're a team, so. Yeah. Absolutely. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh, yeah. Uh, so we I, we kind of more or less talked about some of this a little bit earlier, but uh, when we're talking about macro culture and that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. So fire departments all over the country, right? They've they've we all have individuals that have lost it, right? We all have individuals on in our department that that maybe they were, you know, something years ago, and then you know they've. Mm-hmm. They've lost whatever passion or whatever drive they have for the job. What what do we, what do we what can we do to repair that and, and and help those people or you know whatever? I would go back. There's always history. Things just don't come out of the blue. Um, there's people that are passionate about an organization. They're passionate about the job. Maybe they didn't get a promotion. Maybe they didn't get an appointment. Figure out what that history is, and go from there. Right. So there's it's always a new day. And there's always opportunity down the road. And we have all experienced failure. You know, if, if you tested for fire departments back in the day, rejection was the norm. And if you got hired, that was winning the lottery. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we don't fail enough, I think, as a society to understand that that's a learning curve. That's okay to fail. Because if you're not failing, you're not trying. And so... Um, the people that do have that loss or they're disengaged, you know, figure out what the, there's, there's something they're passionate about. And it might've been firefighting, you know, 10 years ago, but then they didn't get the break that they wanted. And so they're like, Nope, I'm checked out. Screw it. Whatever. Try and get them engaged again. Figure out what it is. Hey man, if they love fishing or if they love whatever, right. They're in the cars or they have whatever hobby, get them talking about it because passion you know, covers all types of different planes. So if you can kind of make those connections, because at the end of the day, we're in the human being business and it's about making connections. 
and, and building, right? So we know if we go on a call and it's a SIDS call or, or, you know, there's obvious signs of death with a family member or loved one in a car accident or, you know, the two-year-old that whatever just ended up passed away uh, in their crib. This is obviously going to be very notable for the family. It's going to be notable for you as responders. And then even people on your crew that never had an experience like that. So you're going to make connections, make them positive, right? Because you know you can't do anything to fix the situation, but you can make it memorable and about as positive as you could on the outcome. Um, but also be realistic about it, right? Um, for those of you out there that have had to tell somebody that their loved one has passed away or dead, it sucks, right? So that's something they're going to remember for the rest of their life. And that, again, breaks down to being passionate and being making those human connections. So for somebody experiencing a, a giant tragedy like that, for somebody that's experiencing burnout at work and has, you know, the stop clock going, going, okay, I retire in four years, 37 days, 27 minutes and 16 seconds. I get it. And you're like, what are you going to do after retirement when you get out of here, man? And oh, I'll tell you what, I'm going to Tennessee and I'm going to fish and I'm going to do this. Be like, what, like what part of Tennessee? What's down there? I've never been there. And then you get them talking again. And then they're like in a better mood. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with the job. It has nothing to do with the industry but it makes their situation a little better. You might learn a little bit of something and it's just making those connections. So now all of a sudden you, you care. And when people show that you, that you are genuine and you care, that's how you make those connections. Love so I, that's what I would say. And, and, and again, it's, everybody's different. Every situation's different. I'm sure there's some people that you just can't change and they're just going to be miserable and it's what it is. No. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Can only do so much. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Oh, awesome answer. <laughs> uh, so who do you know or who have you experienced, if you will, over time? So it doesn't have to be somebody you necessarily worked <clears throat> with or for um, <clears throat> that would, yeah. that <clears throat> personifies, like, dedication to the fire service and what makes them special. Hmm. Interesting. So I would say... <clears throat> um. You know, the first name that pops into my head, this is going to start a whole nother rant. Mo Davis from uh, Houston, district chief out there. And the first time I saw him was on TV and he was talking about the current situation in the Houston Fire Department. And he flat out said, he's like, what I'm doing right now is career suicide, but this needs to be told. And we are here for the citizens and the residents that need us. That is our responsibility. And... This is why I'm here and this is why I do this. And I was like, wow, holy cow. Well, what's going on in Houston, right? So yeah. now it's like, oh, hey, let's, let's check out what's going on in Houston. Who's this Mo Davis guy? And he's got this all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, I've never seen him in person, but he's got so much stuff out there. He's always posting uh, things. Now I know Houston is a extremely aggressive department. They've had some significant uh, line of duty deaths in the past 20 years. And I know we can always go hindsight and we can always say, oh, yeah, they shouldn't have been in that McDonald's. Oh, they shouldn't have done that. Oh, that captain in that high rise fire and dying on that fifth floor. Going back to culture. Right. Um, and I'll give you another another uh, example. Baltimore City, when that town home and that row house yeah. fire yeah. happened and, and killed those three firefighters. Um, people will have an opinion and they will, they should have never been, they should have never done it. This shouldn't have happened. This shouldn't have happened. It's like, I don't work in Baltimore city, man. 
And I don't know your culture and I don't know your situation. I know there's a lot of vacants out there with row homes and whatnot. People live in those. In Detroit and some of these other poor areas of, this, uh, of the country, people, that's their home. And so when our mission is to save lives and protect property, we hear about the bad one. We hear about those three firefighters uh, being killed in a collapse or, or whatever the situation was, right? We don't hear about how many people they've rescued in comparable situations. And so I would never sit there and say, oh, that was dumb. I just don't know. It's their culture. It's how they operate and everything else. Some of the stuff that we may do as an organization in Waukegan, people might look at and go, dude, that's insane. I can't believe, why would you do that? And it's like, well, we do that because this is our building construction. These are our policies. These are our resources. And it works for us. And so I will dovetail this into something that I appreciate uh, the National Fallen Firefighters Foundation and, and everything that they have done. <laughs> the only thing I'm conflicted with is that statement of everybody goes home. And I, I completely understand what it means, but I'm not sure I agree with that, that statement itself, right? So we're doing our best in, in the industry with research and technology and training and education uh, to try and minimize line of duty deaths, firefighter deaths, put your seatbelt on, take care of yourself, exercise, try and eat decent, right? Eat right. We know what's good for us, what's bad for us. Uh, we can extend that into the mental health aspect, right? It's okay to not be okay. We've got all these things out there. But at the end of the day, things are still going to happen beyond our control, no matter how much we try. If I was a fire chief in the ABC fire department and I said, every fire will go out, every life will be saved, and there will be no loss. Is that a realistic statement? We're setting ourselves up for failure, right? Now, with that being said, and I know people that's going to rub some people the wrong way. Here's what I say to you. Instead of concentrating about an outcome, let's stay focused on the objectives and the mission. <clears throat> Know your building construction, know your still districts, know your city, know your target hazards, know your PPE, know the, the skills and abilities of your crews, know when you've got some new guys and those skills or abilities, they're just not there yet. Uh, know who can work independently and who cannot. Know your the capabilities of your aerial apparatus, know the capabilities in, of your ground ladders, right? So focus on the skills and the tasks to get things done. Let's focus on that, right? Those are controllable risk factors. There's nothing to say. And actually, um, Buffalo, New York, prime example. That, that's another one. That's even better than the Baltimore situation. They're fighting ordinary construction downtown. Antioch has them. Waukegan has them. Round Lake has them. Those, those buildings are all over the place, right? Those yeah. downtown areas. <clears throat> Buffalo's not a slow fire department. I don't believe they're an inexperienced fire department. Something bad happened. And was it foreseen? And was it, you know, we, we saw the videos. We saw this rapid change in fire behavior. It's one of those things, man. And we try and do what we can, but it's just at the end of the day, there's always that possibility of risk. So um, I guess to, in another mindset. So talk about culture. So I guess you can look back in your organizations and 
do people say, you know, let's let's talk about this if this was to happen. Well, what happens if there's a fire here? What happens if we have this plane go down here? Well, that's that that's not that's fine and we can talk about it. But now I use those same statements and I say, what happens when we have that fire on that third floor? What happens when the engine fails to go into pump? What happens when we have a firefighter through the floor? And as simple as changing one word in those statements, it changes that mindset. Hey, today, if we have a fire out on the west side of town with the weather being bad and our second dues being slow to, to kind of be there, yeah, we got five guys here. That's great. What happens when somebody's trapped upstairs? What happens when we have a child in cardiac arrest and the house is still burning? Right. Pick those priorities. And if it doesn't happen, it was a great training lesson. But it's a mindset. <clears throat> I've seen some stuff on uh, like LinkedIn and Facebook and that different pages. And I, I'd love to give credit for people that have posted it. I, I don't know who it is. But you'll see things on on uh, on dashboards in the in the rigs that says oh, yeah. like expect fire, expect victims. Yep, von you know, Appen. It's, uh, it's that mindset. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the name. I should know. Uh, I, I it stood out. It fully was fully involved. That's what it is. Mark yeah. von Oppen. Yeah. There you go. And so, um, but yeah, it's that mindset. So now, if you're if you're constantly thinking like, yep, when I left right at eight o'clock, and I said, okay, we're going to this hotel. It's going to be on fire. All right. Well, instead of just, all right, well, I'm not going to zip my coat. Ah, I don't need my gloves. Ah, do I really need to grab the air pack off the rig? It's heavy. And well, we just had a fire there three weeks ago. So, <laughs> so and again, it's just that mindset being prepared. And um, again, not to bash the everyone goes home statement. And I'm not saying throw caution to the wind, but I don't want us to look like a culture or create a culture of selfishness. You make good money. You got great benefits. And, uh, but you also have a great responsibility. Yeah. And if, if I'm at home and I'm sleeping, right. Or, or I'm at work tonight, right. My family's in their house and they have a fire. I don't want somebody going, Ooh, gosh, that looks dangerous. I don't know if I want to go in because we got to make sure we're okay. It's like really conflicted about that. Now I'm not saying again, don't be on a suicide mission, but if you know your buildings, if you know your equipment, if you know your capabilities, your crew, you know your water supply, if you know those things, your performance will carry you a lot further to achieve the objective and to provide and to prevent injury and fatalities. Like I said, I know it's going to rub some people the wrong way, but it's all about focus. I feel like uh, <laughs> that particular mindset is is not rubbing people the wrong way anymore i really think that that's becoming there's there's a there's a resurgence of that thought process and it's everywhere mm -hmm. and that was a lot of why uh i started the page and i started this stuff was to try to find more people that think like that and, it, and it's everywhere yeah. i mean uh, -huh. uh and, and it's becoming more of the norm. You know how mm -hmm. people always say, Hey, stay safe out there. People are yeah. starting to kind of not even say those things anymore. They're they're Right. Right. Just get because, the job. Right. Like I, one of the, my favorite things again, Scott Thompson, because I'm a nerd about his stuff is uh, he says, <laughs> if we're being smart, we're being safe. Right. Absolutely. Totally. Exactly. Absolutely. What you just said it, it's, yep. is, it's about, it's, it's up here. Right. Right. 
and, and think about you've got to have it here too first <laughs> but mm-hmm. right uh, but yeah mission values you know your your mission statement your organization right should set the tone for everything yeah um and and I do I, I believe that with the leadership stuff and everything else. So if if your if your organization is doing those things well, preparing your guys well, creating a culture, um, pre- trying to prevent complacency as much as possible. And it is difficult, man. It's you know if you're in a town that doesn't see a lot of fire and get a lot of calls and everything else, and uh, it's just another one. It's it's a very conscious effort to prevent that mindset. So when you start thinking about, hey, if we have this happen or when this happens, what are we going to do here? What are we going to do here? Yeah, you know, people get burned out on EMS, but what a great opportunity to see all the residential construction in your response district. Uh, One of my new guys that I was working with just last shift, uh, we had a great opportunity. It was an older part of town. We call it the gardens in that. And it's just unique. There was no back door on the house. There was a front door. There was a side door. But the lesson learned there was those side doors or the back door in that part of the town, 95% of the time, that's where the stairs to the basement are. So if we have a basement fire, which we get them, that look for those doors. Look, that that's your spot. You know, if you have somebody going on or protecting those, that's where it's going to be. And he's just like, oh, so then as we're riding back through that town, that part of town, he's like, Oh yeah, they had a side door and they had a side door and they had a side door. So just simple stuff like that. Yeah. And now who's to say that that doesn't pay off for him in 15 or 20 years just to go, oh my God, how silly was that? But so notable. Yeah. We, we have the best technology we've ever had. We have the best um, training available that we've ever had. Uh, we're not getting the fires of yesteryear but they're certainly not going away and they're a lot different than they've ever been. So with transitional attacks and um, flow path and all that other stuff, you know, people debate, Oh, I'm not spraying water in a window. And, and I think what I will tell, you know, I think my response to that is like, do what works for your organization. Cause if you, if you have tactics that require 35 people in the first 10 minutes and you're getting six, Good luck. I don't think it's going to be a recipe yeah. for success. That is going to get people hurt. That's oh, where you start having these issues, right? So be realistic and train on your capabilities with your resources. Tactics are local. Sure. Uh, Corley Moore says that all the time. Tactics are local. You can't. <laughs> oh yeah. You can't apply somebody else's <laughs> department's tactics to your department. It's it doesn't no. make sense. You can right you and pull you things and you it. cannot ex- and you cannot expect people to have these perfect outcomes when you don't train and really prepare in a risky environment. Yeah. Right. So if you are being ultra safe on the fire ground, you're, or I don't want to say safe, you want to be ultra conservative. There you go. Well, it's smoke. Be careful. You know, all right. And that's fine. If that's the level that you're operating at, then that's what it is. That's, that's what you have to provide. But also realize if you don't have that experience in training, in a marginal situation where yeah, it's not looking good, that smoke's looking ugly, and we've yeah, somebody is confirming there's a trapped person in a bedroom in there. Well, you've never really been in a nasty environment, right? We've been very conservative. That's probably not the time to do it the first time. So again, operating smart, operating um, intelligently, knowing your limitations, knowing your capabilities, knowing your all that stuff, knowing the variables, minimize your variables. 
Love it. Absolutely. So wrapping up my <clears throat> questions and then yeah, fair game. Uh, <laughs> what's What would you say is the most important element for having a long and dedicated career? Balance. 100% balance. Yeah. And I will tell you that because I was so far out of whack for a period of my, my life and my career, you know, working a hundred hours a week and, and that's not healthy. Right. So I think, um, taking care of yourself physically, mentally, psych physiologically have a hobby, um, mental health, uh, be a fireman. It's cool to be a fireman. Don't always be a fireman, man. Turn that switch off a little. We always are right. Uh, what's his name from backdraft? Yeah. I don't know about firemen. They're always firemen. We are, but go do something else. Right, give your brain a break. You need those the, that that release, you know, that time off. And it's okay. I mean, geek out if you want. And if that's your thing, great. Have at it. But certainly balance, man, between a personal life and a professional life and your well-being. Go enjoy things. Life is short. I mean, the fact of 26 years in the fire service already has gone by in a blink of an eye. Can't believe how fast it's gone. Um, I'm going to be saying that in 20 years, man, when my kids are grown, I'm going to be like, good Lord, what, where'd the time go? So yeah, take the time, look around balance for sure. I love it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Well, cool. Well, that wraps up my questions. Um, we can talk about apparatus building, or we can talk about whatever Gross. you wanted to talk about. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, no. <clears throat> I, I, so, I mean, really, I think I would, I would be pushing um, the mental health aspect. Don't be afraid to talk about it. Make it normal. And if you're in a position, I, I don't care what your rank is, man. If you're a, a firefighter, a paramedic, uh, lieutenant, captain, uh, great book I, I read. Um Doing the undergrad through SIU was uh, taking the cape off by Patrick Kenny. That was that was one of the books we read. And Patrick Kenny was a, a chief, uh, Southern suburbs. And it's an easy read, man. It's <clears throat> you can get through it in a day, and it sucks you in. Um, so it talks about his experience through loss and grief. Uh, he lost his son, and uh, just shortly thereafter, he lost his wife. You know to. So just kind of a, a, a one, two hit and uh, his son struggled with, with behavioral, you're right. It was, it was mental health. And the book talks about all of this stuff and his experiences in that. And I would say for any firefighter, um, anybody in the industry, even, even police, law enforcement, whoever, if, if you're a parent and you have nothing to do with the fire service, great book to read. Absolutely, man. He talks about the struggles he had with his son, Sean, and um really brought some things to light because now oh i'm a dad oh wow i've seen these things so now you start saying guests going oh my gosh man this could okay hold on here and wow but yeah i mean that to deal with grief and everything else and he says you know he kept it bottled up and that's his biggest regret that you know he had all these things going on and he didn't want to talk about it at work because he didn't want people to you know judge and and think he's weak and a weak leader and it's like it's everywhere man so um great book there uh, that was phenomenal that was that was an excellent 
uh, book. I haven't seen him speak. I know he goes around and he does that. Uh, it's been out a little while. So uh, the mental health thing. We, uh, we maintain our apparatus real well, right? We do all kinds of oil changes and tires and brakes and annual pump testing and all that other stuff. <clears throat> We've learned our heart disease is killing firefighters. It's the number one leading cause of uh, firefighter death. We're getting better at that. We're doing physicals and uh, health and wellness programs and all that other stuff. So if we beat the snot out of our equipment all the time and we know we need to maintain it and physically we're not doing well. So we, all right, we're doing stretches and exercises. We're eating better. The mental components, just kind of the one lagging behind. And uh, yeah, man, make that a mainstay, ask questions. And um, it's a lot better to ask questions early on and, and kind of be concerned about things rather than to regret not asking those questions and not having that opportunity. Um, our organization here, we've been surrounded by suicides, you know, in the last two years or so. Um, so it's here. I mean, it's, it's a real problem. <clears throat> a couple of years back, we had three officers, police officers, um, commit suicide in 18 months. So certainly it's here. Uh, and I know our police department, there's a, there's an officer over there. He does a orientation on mental health with other new recruits. So these are things I think we can start incorporating, uh, because we're getting a new brand of people and it's just a different culture. So introducing them and realizing these things, put it right on the table from day one. So then it's not unusual. It's not abnormal. Yeah. So they're like, oh, wow. And checking in with guys. So yeah, the mental health thing is huge. Um, I don't know how to move forward with it, right? So we've got peer support. Um, you know, you mentioned Next Run. I'm not sure. I, I, I want to develop or figure out the annual... Um, I don't want to call it an evaluation, right? Because that just has yeah. horrible pretenses yeah. on it, right? A annual mental routine maintenance, whatever you want to call yeah. it, right? How you doing, right? Mm -hmm. We're all wives. Suicide and divorce is rampant in our industry. So I think that's something we kind of need to, to address. Because if you're not good at home, you're not going to be good here. Yeah. You know, it's about focus. So, um, yeah, we're working on that one. I don't have the answers. Got to get yeah. some smart people together and kick this around a little bit. Vanderbilt Maybe some mental health check-ins. <clears throat> yeah, I absolutely. <clears throat> something non, uh, something that sounds non-judgmental, right? People get all free. What do you mean an eval? No, no. What happens if they they find something? It's yeah, just like the medical. That's probably the right? biggest fear, right? Is that they'll be yeah. like, "Well, now you because you lose job. your identity. You lose, yeah. Right? You lose your your career and your life because that's what you've been for a third of your life." Yeah. So yeah, I would I would certainly uh, yeah make that the mainstay, man. Uh, that's that's doable for sure. Jay also says that there's a program in development in Lake County hmm. right now. Oh, is there? I guess that's what that's what he's doing. All right, beautiful. But either way, I mean, <clears throat> doesn't mean don't movement. I mean, we get we get an annual physical, right? You get all these other things, like right. that's true. There is no right. I, so I I just switched to. I know I'm 32 and I sound like I'm 12 here, but I just switched to HMO and I've never had a primary care. So I had one uh, this year for the yeah. first time, you know, since I was okay. like a pediatrician when I was a kid. Right. And um, that was a big element of it was I had like two or three questionnaires that were all mental <laughs> health. And mm -hmm. um, I was, I was honest with all of them uh, and, and it yeah. was really good. And she wasn't a psychiatrist or anything, but it was, she knew what right. my job was. 
we talked about yeah. a little bit of stuff and it was it was actually kind of nice uh and there was no yeah. judgment or anything that came from it there was no like oh my god he's no, crazy. Not at all, man. good it actually helped i was having some sleep issues and uh i don't know it, it went away because i talked perfect right and generally that's all it is kind of getting it out there getting it off your chest and moving forward yeah absolutely again creating the culture man yeah creating the culture that's the toughest part creating and being acceptable for sure yeah we're not apparatus that's not really anything to talk about they're all uh they're backlogged man it's it's a, they're all in layaway <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're right. There's really nothing there. I mean, I'll throw this out here to people watching live. If you got a question, I know Jay, you were saying you were trying to think of something that was productive. <laughs> um, <laughs> whatever you want to throw our way, uh, anyone else listening too? For sure. Uh, definitely open to talking about stuff. Uh, my dad threw out something too here. We were talking about. Uh, uh, I was talking about challenge coins before while while you were off running that call uh, about traditions. Yeah. And uh, yeah. he brought up that there's a Bobby Halt Memorial <clears throat> one that's out here now, uh, which benefits uh, yes. uh, firefighter cancer support. So he put that link uh, in our chat as well. Uh, Does and, anybody? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say I don't know if I talked. I talked a little, but Halton's a big influence of mine. So uh, absolutely, really, uh, I love pushing anything, even after his his death. Anything from him. Oh yeah, no, for sure. He was a great ambassador. Yeah, so absolutely. My who personifies a fire service? That was he, that's him for me. That's absolutely. my answer to that question. But yeah, no, for sure. Is the so a number that I heard, and this is maybe going back a little bit, was sixty three percent of firefighters will end up with some form of cancer. That was like the the rate, and I can't remember where I heard that from, but it was about I don't know maybe four or five years ago. Uh, I don't. Um, know. I'm wondering if there's any studies or anything out there uh, of recent that have data for that, because I think that would be important to instill into our culture, especially with our new hires, people coming in. Um, I think our rates will drop. I think we're being much more um, intelligent, smart, if you will. Uh, about cleaning up, not not having dirty gear, right? So we have, so think about that. You know, if when people say change doesn't happen in the fire service, I, again, I, I disagree. When I came on in the fire service in the late '90s, dirty gear was the thing. Yeah, like, it's all that clean stuff, man. That's come on, look at this new guy. We've done a complete 180. So um, it takes some time, right? Break habits, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think I mean there's there's like they I know there were a few things that fell off just because they couldn't work like the clean cab concept that didn't really last. But there's a lot of other things yeah. that we're still doing that are beneficial. Yeah. Like I know mm -hmm. uh, IFSI put out a thing where you're supposed to put on like EMS gloves when you take your stuff off. I don't. That, I mean like some right. things are not feasible, but there were a lot of things that we've still kept around the washing and laundering. I mean we yeah. definitely do that. You take a shower <clears> afterwards. <throat> Uh, yep. We got a guy in my department right now. Shout out to Pete, who I know is not watching, but he might listen later. Uh, he was looking into saunas, and I don't really know that much about them, and I don't know a lot of places that right. have them, but I know there's there's been some validity to that too. So, sure. right, like right. that proves that we can change. Right. And cancer, I mean, I don't. You said sixty three percent. 
the number I heard was 63% of firefighters I feel like will it's, come down with some yeah. form of cancer. Um, <clears throat> now, again, go back to 20, 30 years ago, right? Because those are probably the majority of the numbers that are popping up. Yeah. Eating habits, tobacco use, <laughs> right? alcohol consumption, yeah. um, carcinogen exposure with structure fires and, and job-related exposures. It, yeah, so uh, much I, more than yeah. fires, yeah. I, I think uh, lifestyle probably played a little bit into that because, again, we were invincible. We still have that attitude. Of, yeah. Ah, well, even think, fine. like, I mean, how long <clears throat> have you guys had station tones? Oh, God. Tones? Or I don't know how you guys wake up in the middle of the night, but if a call comes out for another station, do you hear it? No. Right? So no. I'm They're specific to the station. Yeah, when I started at Antioch, um, they didn't <clears throat> have that. And then when I started in um, – Lake Zurich, they didn't yeah. have it up until, I don't know, a couple of years before I started. So, like, wow. it's – like, those are – That's a game changer too, for you right? guys. Like, you yeah. wake up and your heart explodes for a call that you're oh, not even yeah. going yeah. on. Uh, Correct. We just we just actually updated our station alerting systems for well over six figures. A um, yeah. little softer, better ramp. Yeah, the ramp-up tone, right? Yeah. <clears throat> um, so we're going, the big news right now is the consolidation of dispatch agencies in Lake County. Mm -hmm. They're going to build that central or we're part of that, our organization. Yeah. Um, so once that gets online, then we'll kind of institute the final piece of um, the, the new alerting software with the computer voice and whatnot. So yeah. Yeah. We've got the red lights and, and a, nice, yep. a nice tone and that's all great. Hmm. But then our station officer has uh, like a, a lab or active 911 whatever the hell the app is and it's, it's literally yeah. the tones from emergency and it's super loud because everyone's <laughs> paranoid that it's not going to work so it doesn't matter anyway either way you're getting the burn and you're like oh my god like <laughs> bouncing off the ceiling like, yeah, it, it, it doesn't it doesn't matter uh we did have a question by the way so uh, uh josh josh keen reached out here and yeah. uh Keener's oh got a question here. He says, why do you guys think there was so much drop-off in the fire service uh, applicants following the height of COVID? Uh, well, I so I think that's been ongoing. I, I think it's been longer than that. <clears throat> um, different world, right? Think about the ways that you can make money today that, you, that, that were not available 20 years ago. Even 15 years ago, right? You can have followers on it. Bless you. Thank you. You can have followers on Instagram. You could be a blogger. You can work from anywhere in the world with a laptop doing uh, just a multitude of different things. Um, it's just different opportunities, you know, and I know one of the things that um, younger, the newer culture, if you will, the newer generation is like, you work 24 hours in a row. Yeah, that doesn't work for me. Um, <clears throat> you guys work holidays? <clears throat> What about weekends? Oh, I had two. Oh, I don't. Just not feeling that, right? So I can turn my laptop off and I can work as I see fit. You know. Um, so I again, I go back to just a generational change. I, you know, it, just, there's plenty of opportunities out there. And think about too, go back twenty or thirty years. How many people worked for one corporation for thirty years? 35 years. They Many. worked for one yeah. one place, one company. I worked with GM. I worked for Ford. I whatever, whatever it may be. 
you, you don't have that anymore. No. There's no longevity in the workplace because in order to kind of advance and maybe move ahead, you need to kind of hop around a little bit and yeah. get some other different experience. So um, obviously that does not work in our industry whatsoever, right? So if you leave after whatever period of time you kind of keep hopping around, that diminishes benefits and that diminishes your pay. It's not like you can squeeze in here at different rate. I mean, other than like chief, deputy chief, you know, those are hired sometimes from the outside for various reasons. Um, but I, I just, I just think it's just a, an incompatibility with the younger generation today. And that's, I think trouble with military uh, recruitment. Um, it's trouble with police. Uh, it's trouble with with public safety. Police has their own other set of issues, of course. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's just not a it's desirable field anymore. Yeah, in general, right? And, and like, it's hard because you don't want <clears> to, <throat> like, like. There are we're, we're hiring them. They're still there. There's still people that care about giving service and are. And, and oh yeah, fit that absolutely. Role. And maybe maybe <clears throat> there weren't better opportunities. You know, even you know couple years ago like when i was test i've only been on lake zurich for for almost five years and my list was huge Hmm. right yeah i got hired off of it It was at least 100 people and uh maybe there were always people that were part of those lists that weren't into service and were still getting hired anyway because oh i get a pension oh i can make six figures doing this and now people are seeing that that don't fit the mold for firefighters they're kind of not even approaching in any way because they go oh pension whatever that uh, that benefits not yep. as good anymore as it used to be, or oh, yep. well, I can get paid way more to do this where there's no risk, right. and so they're they're falling off in that way. Um, yeah, I don't. Right. I mean, it's a it's a really great question, I, and and really, it's just theories. <laughs> I, I don't really know. I, I will say this though: the last uh, group of people that we've hired, uh, they're they're all below the age of twenty four, and wow. except we stole one from you. But that's what's Yeah, you did. We, we did do that. I'm gonna hold that against you. Too. I know. I know. It took this long for that. To, I was saving that for the end, so you didn't hold it against me. But, <laughs> um, and, and every one of them gets it. Every one of yeah. them. Yeah. They want to be firefighters. Hmm. They want to be paramedics. Right. They want to serve people. They they're they're into it. Uh, and, and it's intimidating a lot of uh, the older generation because they're seeing mm-hmm. these guys come in and really hungry and really and knowing what they want, understanding what the fire service to them is supposed to be and wanting it to be that way. And uh, personally, like even if the numbers of recruitment is down, like the quality of people seems like it's more consistently up. And that's just from my small view of my department. But so we, do you guys require uh, firefighter or paramedic or any certs? So we require it all. And I, and I know you guys just changed that. And there were some other places around we're, we're kind of, or you change, you, I thought you were. We've been hired. We have no requirements. We get preference points for yeah. things like that. <clears throat> but yeah, so we had a, this last testing cycle. We had about 154 people take applications out. Um, 120 returned them. We ended up with a final list of about 65 people. Um, I would say, don't quote me on these numbers. I want to say like the top eight to 10 had certifications of some sort, whether it be both firefighter and paramedic or paramedic or EMT. Wow. Yeah. So I actually had a conversation. Uh, We went to Gurney yesterday, um, change of quarters, and I was talking to their ship, Bob Haraver, another great guy, former Waukegan guy over there. 
hazmat guy forever. Uh, we were talking about that in the hiring situation. They said, yeah, man, we're struggling, right? We only have yeah. 10 people come out for a test, if that. Um, and when I told them, I'm like, well, we had great numbers, but if, if we had the same requirements you did, our numbers would have been the same. Yeah. So, um, so you know, it's interesting you mentioned that because I would agree we have 20, somewhere between 20 and 22 people on probation right now in our department. We hired a ton of people in 2022. It was desperately needed, so that's excellent. Um, we're planning on sending about 12 people to paramedic school next this next fall. It's an expensive proposition, uh, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but all excellent people, hard workers, dedicated, um, yeah, seeking to understand things. And I think they're not as hungry like your situation that you're having just because they don't know yet. It's all still brand new. Yeah. Hey, it's fire department. Oh, cool, man. You got some shiny stuff. All right, go to the fire academy. And then you come back and then you kind of assimilate in and then then we'll send you to EMT and then we'll send you to your prereqs for paramedic and then then paramedic school, right? So three years later, you become a firefighter paramedic. Um, but maybe we're starting to see the pendulum, like you said, swing the other way. When we got so ultra safety conscious that we're like, man, maybe we're, maybe we're a little too far here. Let's, and again, not being reckless and, and not being crazy, but yeah. just, all right, just like anything else, right? Just ebb and flow, things go back and forth. So maybe we're starting to see a generation of going, no, man, I don't want to sit behind a laptop. That's boring to me. I want to, I want to go and help people. My, uh, so a little side note here, uh, my 12 year old stepdaughter, we held out as long as we could to get her a phone. <laughs> we got her one. Yeah was locked down pretty good, you know, right? You had to ask permission to download apps and everything else. <clears throat> so during Christmas break, she asked, hey, can I, can we take off the screen time stuff and everything else? So I'm like, yeah, all right, sure. Let's see how this goes. Pretty sure how I know it's gonna go. But six hours on TikTok a day on average. And I'm like, whoa, new? Yeah, exactly. So, um, talk to her about social media use and, hey, this isn't exactly a healthy thing right now. And, you know, when you were spending all this time on the phone, your attitude changed and still held straight A grades, right? Straight A's. Hats off to her. Yeah. Outstanding. Um, but the attitude and stuff around the house, burdened. Oh, why do I have to do it? And this and that. Like, well, just help. So that got cut back a little bit, but talking with the wife and I were obviously concerned about it. You know, we, we put those limitations all back on, locked it down pretty, pretty tight again. But um, I, I think that there's going to be at some point, I don't know when it's going to be, but I think people are going to hate like what we're doing right now. I don't want to sit in front of a laptop. Yeah. I want to go see real people. What's that like to talk to real people? I know. What's that like to like go hang out instead of just texting or Instagramming or any of that other stuff. Like, I want to see people. And the cool thing <clears throat> is that our industry is all that. That is 100% us. Yeah. So if we're not on calls and we're around the station, it's people. And if we're on calls, we're helping people. And then when we're transporting to the hospital, it's people. It's real people. Yeah. Um, and so I think you're going to start seeing that kind of sway back and go, uh, uh, social. I don't care about the social media. It's just, yeah, you want to sit there. It's just boring. 
Yeah, you can only have at? so much. Ah, I Fred, completely oh, cut let's off. See another video. Oh, let's see another video. It's 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 literally I, family and like yeah. fire news because I can't watch the news to learn about fire stuff in the same way. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So right. That's pretty much. If you use it as a tool, it's great. Right. right? That's all the fire stuff yeah. out there is terrific. Networking. Oh yeah. Um, even LinkedIn, man. LinkedIn's got a bunch of great stuff too. I've been know. watching a lot of stuff. So I'm doing uh, I'm doing my master's right now in public administration through Liberty University. And um, I got turned on to a guy named Joseph Turner. He's a city manager. It's in a town, I think, in like um, Iowa or something like that. It's a smaller town. So he just posts all kinds of interesting, crazy stuff going on on, on the village administrator, city manager type platform. And I kind of have a little, I hold that kind of in high regard because being the trustee in Antioch and knowing how difficult that situation was, especially when the, when the economy uh, turned around and we were in the recession and struggling to survive. I mean, it wasn't like, okay, yep, no frills. We're going to cancel these purchases. That was, oh my gosh, uh, we got to figure out how we're going to make payroll. I mean that, oh man, talk about sleepless nights and going, man, I know all these guys. And then to have to maybe tell them they're getting laid off in the worst time of economic, you know, worst economic time in many, many years. Oh, talk about stress, right? Yeah, Yeah, that didn't help my life expectancy there um but they got through it right you know you the situation no matter how bad it is well let's figure it out what can we do and it was a lot of long meetings and discussions and what's legal right because now you got to play within a set of rules how can we make this work and uh again great education right if you teach somebody how to drive going down the road when it's sunny and it's 75 degrees and there's no traffic yeah yeah, it's easy right you got the gas pedal you really don't have to hit the brake yeah now teach them how to drive when it's snowy, there's a ton of traffic, the wind is bad, you know, the car's got a flat tire and, yeah. and everything is chaotic, right? So it's kind of like leadership. Leadership and, and trying to manage is never easy. It's always difficult. It's always an uphill battle. Things are never happening at, at a convenient time. So get used to pivoting, get used to trying to make things work when they don't. And, you know, don't have us, oh, this isn't going to work. They're like, no, how are we going to make this work? And that's kind of like why we exist. Is that a skill you think you could develop or is that a skill that you, well, intentionally develop? It's a mindset. Yeah. It's a mindset. 100%. You can certainly develop it and it's problem solving. So, you know, and I think, you know, the, the education nowadays, tons of back and forth, tons of debate on that politically and ethics and all this other stuff. But I think the biggest downfall I've seen is that people uh, people get taught what to think. They don't get taught how to think. So instead of, you know, if it's A, then B. Okay, cool. That's two-dimensional. What if there's an element of C? Oh, I don't know. Uh, how do I? How do, uh, I don't know. Well, problem solve, right? What's the goal? What are the challenges? What are the positives? What are the negatives? What do we need to accomplish? We don't develop that. And I think that's important, um, especially in our industry, right? How many calls have you been on where it's like, oh man, conditions were perfect. The fire came in at a great time. The weather was beautiful. You know, the engines never run better. (laughs) This brand new hose. It just, it's one of those things. We live the jump company life. So we're we're always playing that game that it needs to be perfect. And 
Uh, right. One of the things that our village was trying to fight at one point was they were trying to do, they brought up like peak manning and like, well, you guys don't run a lot of calls at this time at night. And the, the chief went, well, no, that's when you know we're going to have a, you know, a fully staffed fire force. Like, not that we always get fires overnight, but right. math or statistically for us, it's usually <clears throat> when it's like, that's when <clears throat> they're ready to go. Like, you can't take that away safe. from us. And it's safe to say that's when the most people are the most vulnerable. Yeah. In their beds at night, not having any situational awareness. And depending on technology such as smoke detectors, fire alarm systems, and those built-in things to just get them a heads up to get them out of the situation. I mean, that's for everything. We're it. At that at that time overnight, like you don't yep. go to a minute clinic. You don't call your doctor. You don't do that stuff. What do you do? You th- you dial three numbers and so, you get us, and right. we fix it for you. You don't call Correct. a plumber. You know yep. what I mean? That's that's what we do. Right. Especially overnight. For sure. Man. Yep. We're open twenty four hours. That's it. That's what we're here for. For sure. Absolutely. Making those connections. Yeah. Connections. For sure. What else you got? Anything else? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. There's there's some meat on the bone here. Uh, we're gonna have to do this another time. I'll think of more cool. Of questions. course, man. But um, update. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, are so Make you're still month. into training in a way outside of uh, outside of Waukegan? Are you involved with like um, ISFSI hmm. or really? Like any of those other organizations? Do you, no, none of that stuff right now. Not right now. So I've been, all I've been doing is burying myself in school right now. So the yeah. last uh, probably three, four years. So I wrapped up, I, I, so I was the guy that was like, ah, school's dumb. Ah, yeah. paper only makes you sillier. And not the case, man. So, you know, if you want to sit at the table with the big boys, you got to, you got to put in the work, right? Um, that's how you hone a skill set. And so, yeah. You got to You got to get the paper to sit at the table. So I'm like, all right, I should probably do this. And yeah, man, it's, it's been a great experience. So I, uh, I got my associates with Columbia Southern and then I went to, uh, Southern Illinois and then did their undergrad in public safety management. And then I am now, like I said, in, uh, Liberty university, which I never heard of and comes to find out they're ginormous and people are like, Oh my God. Yeah. My brother went there. Oh yeah. I know that. So they're out of Lynchburg, Virginia. They have a hundred thousand students. Wow. Uh, division one sports teams. And I think there's about 15 to 20,000 on campus and they've been doing online or distance learning, um, 20 some years. They used to send VH type VHS tapes in the mail. Wow. And then that's how you would get your lecture back in the day, apparently. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a great experience. So doing, uh, the public administration masters in public administration, and then, uh, be done with that in August. So it's tough, man. Yeah. The bar is high with that university. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, it's good. It's it's extremely informative. Yeah. For sure. So I would, and that's what I would say too, even if you don't think um, there's our talents. There it is. Oh, there you go, buddy. Oh, good. Oh. Ooh. All right, buddy, on that note. That's it. Hey, we'll do another one, all right? 
You got it. Good Thank you, man. You. Thank you for coming. All right, buddy. On. You betcha. Goodbye, Nick. Bye. Thank you for listening. Check us out on outlierfirefighters.com, Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Remember, excellence may be a rarity, but you are not alone. 